This is Examine Sport, a podcast of the Sports Ethicist. I am your host, Sean Klein. Each episode of Examine Sport focuses on an argument or concept in the philosophy of sport literature. We will look at classic, discipline-defining articles, exciting, newly published works, and dig deep for important but not as well-known papers. You can subscribe, comment, and find an archive of all the shows, along with links and related information, at sportsethicist.com. In this episode of Examine Sport, I look at Randolph Fiesel's Sportsmanship and Blowouts, Baseball and Beyond. Published in the Journal of the Philosophy of Sport in 1999, Fiesel responds to Nicholas Dixon's paper on blowouts that was the subject of a previous episode of Examine Sport. Now, Fiesel is doing two main things in his paper. He's defending a revised version of the anti-blowout thesis from Dixon's paper, and he's critiquing Dixon's arguments against the AB thesis. Our primary focus is going to be on Fiesel's defense of the revised anti-blowout thesis and a basic criticism of uh, Dixon's uh, formulation, uh, his formulation of the AB thesis. Uh, and that's, that's really where he starts. So let's take a look at uh, what Dixon's AB thesis was. Right, and so Dix, this is uh, an excerpt from Dixon's uh, paper. He says, "Quote: It is intrinsically unsporting for players or teams to maximize the margin of victory after they have secured victory in a one-sided contest." So that was the thesis that Dixon calls the AB thesis that he goes on to critique. Now Fiesel, uh <clears throat> wants to. He agrees with a lot of what Dixon has to say in general, but he wants to critique this formulation of the AB thesis, and primarily he's concerned about this part of it where Dixon talks about it being intrinsically unsport, unsporting. And so he takes issue with this intrinsic element. And why? Well, his concern is that intrinsic is going to make it absolute, too absolute. Dixon's intrinsic version of the AB thesis is saying that the very act of increasing the margin of victory is unsporting, so there are no exceptions. It always indicates unsporting behavior. If you listen to the episode on Dixon's article, he doesn't have too hard a time of knocking down the AB thesis. But we need to ask, is this really the only way to formulate the idea that blowouts are unsporting? And Fizel doesn't think so. He thinks it's more plausible that one can hold the traditionalist's line, that blowouts are typically expressing bad sportsmanship, without having to hold that blowouts are absolutely and always unsporting. It's possible for the traditionalist to recognize that some situations call for or allow blowouts without having to go all the way to reject the idea that, that uh, blowouts typically are unsporting. So what does Fiesel propose? He proposes a non-absolute AB thesis, a revised anti-blowout thesis. And <clears throat> this thesis says it is prima facie unsporting for players or teams to maximize the margin of victory after they have secured victory in a one-sided contest. So this is very similar to Dixon's AB thesis with one key difference, and that's this idea that instead of it being intrinsically unsporting, it's prima facie unsporting. So what does prima facie mean? Well, it comes from the Latin, which literally translates as something like first face or first look. 
But in English, it's used to represent the idea that there's a default position, a starting position that uh, is taken for granted, but that can be overridden or rebutted by new evidence or when seen in a new context or in a different context. So, for example, you know, it's, it's wrong to hit someone. Everyone understands that. It's a basic lesson you learn in, in kindergarten. That's the default starting position. It's wrong to hit someone. However, most of us would agree that this can be overridden, that this can be rebutted by a context or a case like self-defense. So it's prima facie wrong to hit someone, but this wrongness can be removed in certain cases such as, as, as uh, self-defense. Right? And so that's the basic idea of prima facie. It's something, uh, it's our first look, but with a second look, we might come to uh, a different conclusion. But the prima facie is our default starting position. So the RAB thesis captures the view that most of the time blowouts are unsporting, though there may be cases where blowouts are not unsporting. So what are some examples where uh, <clears throat> blowouts might be okay or acceptable or even called for, right? So uh, uh, <clears throat> Fizel talks about some of these, and some of these are, are my own examples, right? So there's the tournaments uh, where margin of victory can matter. So, right, a goal differential in a soccer tournament, tur tournament can make a difference uh, from getting out of the group stage or into the knockout rounds in, like, something like the World Cup, Right, so the the goal differentials could make the difference in terms in terms of winning your your group stage or not. Uh, in the NFL, there's uh, tiebreakers for playoff qualification or for seeding within the playoff that depends on net points scored. Right, so scoring more points may still be a factor uh, that's that's important down the road in such tournaments or, or playoffs, and so that the margin of victory can matter in those situations. And so those would be situations that a second look or a further look might uh, rebut the wrongness of, of, a, of a blowout. Similarly, uh, you know, the poll rankings or playoff committee decisions in the NCAA uh, AA playoffs uh, or situation might involve uh, margin of victory in evaluating a team, right? So one team uh, might be ranked higher because of their margin of victory against uh, similarly ranked teams and um, and so on. Uh, and so those are cases where the blowout might not be unsporting because of these other reasons that are going to remove that prima facie assumption that blowouts are unsporting. Now, Fizel uh, thinks the RAB thesis captures uh, what most people think about blowouts, but he doesn't rest on that. The next part of his paper presents several reasons why he thinks we ought to accept the RAB, thes RAB thesis. And, you know, so part of the, the first set of reasons is that, look, blowouts are painful. Losing badly is a painful recognition of the gap between one's desires and expectations and the reality of their play. And so that pursuing a lopsided victory is seeming to rub the opponent's nose in this failure, in this painful recognition, right? And so it seems to be like a callous disregard of the opponent's pain. So Fizel argues that this is a lack of graciousness or respect for the opponent, right? Losing hurts. Losing badly can hurt a lot. It can be embarrassing. A respectful opponent has to acknowledge and take into account this fact about beating someone that badly. 
Now, we should consider as part of our deliberation the emotional effects on our opponent. Right now, there are some times where we don't or shouldn't take the emotional effects into account. Right, we don't take the racists' disgust at interracial interracial relationships into account. Right, their disgust is caused by some other deficiency. Right, but feeling pain because one lost a game is not based on a misconception or a wrong idea, and so it's it's. You know that pain that you feel at a, from losing a game is a natural and valid emotional response to the situation, and so Fizel is arguing that while it doesn't humiliate in the strong sense that Dixon was talking about, it can still embarrass the opponent. It can still cause them pain, and so not accounting for that experience on the part of the opponent is a way in which one might fail to respect the opponent. Now another.、Uh, Set of of ideas is is this one related to the well known golden rule? Do unto others as you would have done to you is the silver rule. Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. You do not want to be blown out, so don't pursue blowouts. We don't want to be blown out because we know it hurts and that it's painful. Knowing that about our own response to blowouts. Ought to give us pause when the tables are turned and we're in an opportunity to blow somebody else out. And so, in terms of trying to respect our opponent again,、uh, following the silver rule would limit us in terms of, of of blowouts. Now, there are ways in which the silver rule, as well as the golden rule, can for fall short. Right? If you're perfectly okay with being blown out, then the silver rule isn't really going to limit your behavior all that much. Uh, uh, and you know,、uh, Fizel addresses that and basically says most people don't want to be blown out, and so the silver rule is going to apply most in most cases. Now, another basis for support that Fizel offers for the RAB thesis is the very nature of competition, and he says it's important to recognize that there are two senses of competition. First. A weak or descriptive sense: a competition is occurring because players are opposing one another. Second, there is a stronger or normative sense that that is what constitutes a good competition. A good competition requires being tested, being challenged by worthy opponents. So, good competitions are going to have balanced teams and close mass close matches. So, what happens in blowouts? Well. They fail to respect this element of blowouts. Fail to respect this element of the competitive nature of sport. In a blowout, a competition is descriptively occurring, but it's not a good competition. Sport, at its best, is about good competition. The mutually challenging and contesting of opponents. Blowouts do not allow for this. Now, this does raise a concern, though. You can only play the games that are in front of you. So this might suggest that schedules should, schedulers should strive to respect this element in in uh, uh, of good competition. But what do you do once the game is there and it is a mismatch? All right now, Fizel will partially answer this later later in the in the paper, and we'll get back to that. Now, Fizel argues that an important part of sportsmanship is not just the following of the formal rules of a game, but also its traditions and norms. To be respectful of the game is to know and to play by the expectations of the participants of that sport. And see, Fazel recognizes that such an appeal to tradition can be tricky. How do we know what the tradition requires? Why should we even accept the tradition? 
that something has been done a certain way doesn't tell us all that much about whether it should be done that way. Nevertheless, Fiesel is focusing on baseball, which has some fairly clear norms about how to approach games where one side has a huge lead, right? No, don't steal, uh, don't engage in, in uh, um, <clears throat> you know, trying to uh, hit home runs and so on like that. And so, <clears throat> you know, violating these norms without a good reason right, like a tournament or something like that. So violating these norms without a good reason is a basis, argues Fiesel, for seeing that as unsporting. Now, this is going to be limited to sports that have these sort of clearer traditions about how to deal with wide margin uh, games, games with huge leads. Other sports might not have such traditions. And so this is going to be limited to, to that. Now, Fiesel also talks about and says that pursuing lopsided victory uh, fails to provide an opportunity for excellence. The demonstration and experience of athletic excellence requires a worthy opponent, an opponent whose ability and skill can match up with your ability and skill. Beating up on a much weaker opponent in a blowout really doesn't say much about your athletic excellence. In some ways, you're expected to do that, right? Uh, and so there's really nothing uh, 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 worthwhile about about your display of, of, of your ability and skill in a blowout because there's really nothing sort of special about that as opposed to if the opponent is worthwhile and you're able to demonstrate that ability and skill that shows a lot more about your athletic excellence. All right, so let's uh, take a look at a summary of the reasons for the RAB that Fiesel talks about, right? He says blowouts show a lack of respect for opponents by ignoring the pain of losing badly. Blowouts violate the silver rule. Right? Don't do unto others that you don't want done to you. Blowouts fail to respect the normative sense of a good competition. There may be a descriptive competition going on, but it's not a good competition, so fails to really respect the, the nature of competition and sport. Blowouts fail to respect the traditional norms of a given sport. And blowouts don't really demonstrate athletic excellence. So we've looked at Fiesel's reasons for the RAB thesis, and they seem fairly reasonable. If we accept this argument, though, we are left with a bit of a problem. What do we do once we find ourselves in a blowout situation? Yeah, sure, we want good competition. We want evenly matched sides pushing each other towards their mutual goals of athletic excellence and victory. We want to show respect that is due to our opponent. We want to abide by the golden and silver rules. But that's the ideal. What happens in reality where teams might be mismatched because of faulty scheduling or due to injuries or other circumstances that lead to otherwise balanced opponents being in a lopsided situation? What does good sportsmanship call for in such a scenario? Now, some might say, well, we ought to ease up on the opponent. But that seems problematic. It seems like a form of patronizing disrespect, like we're so good we don't have to play hard against you. It seems like we're trapped. We disrespect the opponent if we continue to play hard and blow them out, but we also disrespect them by going easy on them. So what do we do? Fizel suggests a way out of this dilemma by distinguish between, distinguishing between strategic and effort easing. Right? Effort easing is just not trying hard. Right? It's playing less hard, expending less effort. This seems inappropriate and unsporting. We should always try hard. It's a form of disrespect to the opponent and to the game. It's patronizing and belittling. But there's also the sense of strategic easing, 
continuing to play hard, but changing our strategy, changing our approach to one that is less likely to produce runs or points and so on, right? And so we might put in backups, right, to to play the game instead of our, our top flight players. We might not go for the end zone, just run down the clock, not steal bases in, in baseball. We might experiment with new riskier plays or, or tactics that aren't likely to be very successful, but are something that we're trying to work on and, or might demonstrate other, other aspects, might be ex- an exciting thing to do, but aren't likely to result in uh, scoring more points. So Fizel argues that sportsmanship and blowouts requires this strategic easing. It doesn't require effort easing. Effort easing is contrary to respecting the opponent. But strategic easing is a way of still providing a worthy challenge to the opponent without increasing the margin of victory. A problem, though, seems to remain. One that highlights, I think, the core difference between Dixon and Fizel. The difference between focusing on evaluating intent or outcome. Dixon's focus is primarily on the intent of the participants. Fizel, while not ignoring intent, is more focused on evaluating the outcomes or the consequences. But what if Fizel's strategic easing still results in a further widening of the margin of victory? Are you still callous and disrespectful? Is that still being a bad bad sport? If not, this pulls us back towards Dixon's view that the fact of the wide margin of victory in and of itself is not a sign of disrespect. The disrespect, the bad sportsmanship, comes from how one goes about playing the game. In this, I think Fiesel and Dixon agree. Thank you for listening to Examine Sport. You can subscribe, comment, and find an archive of all the shows, along with links and related information at sportsethicist.com. Please also consider rating the show on iTunes, liking it on YouTube, and sharing on Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere. You can email the show, sportsethicist at gmail.com. Thank you.